this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath the national stock exchange or the nse one of india's leading stock exchanges has tweaked the constituents of its major indices such that Three Adani Group companies are all set to enter key Nifty indices from March 31st. The Adani stocks being included in Nifty indices include Adani Vilmar, which has been added to Nifty Next 50 and Next Nifty 100, Adani Total Gas, which has been added to Nifty Sharia 25, and Adani Power, which has been added to 10 different indices. This development has raised concerns given the continuing meltdown. in Adani Group stocks since January 24th when the US based firm Hindenburg Research made several allegations about stock manipulation and fraud which of course the Adani Group has denied so on the one hand the exposure of actively managed mutual funds to Adani stocks is reported to be very very minimal less than 1% but on the other nearly 16% of India's mutual fund industry's 41 lakh crores is parked in index funds and exchange traded funds that mimic indices constructed by the NSC and the BSC and some of this investment will of course be steered to these adani stocks from march 31st when they are added to these indices and earlier this week strangely the NSC also removed four adani group stocks from the nifty alpha 50 index so what exactly goes into a decision to include or exclude any given stock in an index how justified is the inclusion of adani stock in various nse indices given the recent collapse in their prices and what are the risks for ordinary investors who have their money in index funds we explore all this and more in this episode of in focus and we have with us eminent economist professor cp chandrashekar thank you so much for joining us cp thank you for having me So to start with CP can you explain how exactly do indices such as Nifty 500 Nifty Next 50 and so on work I mean what is their function broadly in the architecture of the world of financial markets Yeah so basically an index as you know is trying to find the or uh, to trying to represent tries to represent the change in relative values intertemporally across time of some set of prices so you can have consumer price indices and you can have you know gdp deflators and we have indices which go with uh, the stocks now the thing is the idea of an index uh, for most uh, or almost in the case of all stock exchanges as far as the benchmark index is concerned because there are multiple indices which are associated with individual stock markets the idea of the benchmark index is it's capturing on average the kind of shift which is occurring in that market as a result of the trading activity which goes on there So, uh, so CB, so aren't all indices a kind of benchmark index? Well, you know, you can have indices which try to capture other things. You can have, for example, have have alpha indices which are trying to find out how that set of uh, of shares which are outperforming the market, which is the average, outperforming the average, how they are doing. You know, it can be used for other purposes. Uh, so you you can have, or you can have, you know, you can have specific sectoral indices. You can have an index which is focused on the IT sector, for example, or the real estate sector. so you can have other indices but the benchmark index is trying to capture for you on average how it is performing now obviously you cannot construct this index on the basis of all the stocks which are getting traded in any case it does many of these stocks wouldn't be getting traded all that much 
So what you try and do is to try and identify a set of stocks which in some sense reflects on average or dominates activity in that market and therefore focusing on that stocks and uh, that set of stocks would allow you to be able to represent in some form how the market is performing. Now to do that obviously there are many things you take into account. One of course is you you look at the market capitalization of the firms which are there that is you're trying to find out which are the firms which are most important in that market in terms of the total market value which is the value of their shares at any given point of time multiplied by the total number of shares but you don't take aggregate shares of corporations when trying to 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 actually construct indices uh, at least not for many years now across across the world you basically look at free floating shares and these are shares which are held by by sort of investors other than the promoters because promoters it is presumed are not holding the the share their shares uh, not to trade on a regular basis and say make capital gains but they actually hold those shares in order to be able to ensure their their uh, control over the firm you can also have other sort of uh, passive investors i mean you could have investors who like like financial institutions public financial institutions who are there for the long run and therefore are not going to be trading these stocks or there to actually support investment in certain crucial sectors of the economy and therefore are not going to be actually trading on this but actually buy into these stocks and hold them for the long run so you remove those that set of shares and actually look at the shares which are available for trading and uh, companies which account for a significant share I mean significant proportion of uh, of uh, the traded value in the market in terms of their free float uh, market capitalization are the ones which are being which would be considered the second of course is these must be liquid that is there must be a significant degree of trading occurring and uh, it also must be a kind of trade where they are important enough in the market in terms of the amount of shares which are available and the number of people trading so that any single trade doesn't actually result in a significant volatility of price so you'd say for example that you know let's say if there is a 10 crore investment you shouldn't have more than a 0.5% shift in the in the price of that share because if it otherwise small trading if 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 you see single single trades result in sharp fluctuations then obviously you you have a problem because that would over over represent in terms of the impact of the share on the overall index so you're trying to look at it in terms of how present is this in terms of free float shares how liquid are those shares and in, in terms uh, not merely of they being traded but also in terms by you're looking at the average trading volumes every day of the year and you're looking at it in terms of the fact that the impact factor the price impact factor is not going to be very significant so these are the elements you take into into consideration and you arrive at a decision on how many shares do you need to include in order to capture the average in the market so the sensex for example which is the benchmark for the bombay stock exchange as you know is you know includes 30 shares the nifty includes 50 shares but you basically identify a set of shares which gives you that average so that's that's how you construct it and you construct it relative to a base year and you're basically saying relative to that base year where does the value of these stocks in terms of an index stand so when you say the index is at 60 you're basically saying relative to where it was in 1979 depending on the index you're using where exactly is the market today so that's that's what this captures intertemporally how is that market been moving relative to a base year taking into account a set of stocks which you think are the ones which represent what's happening on average in that market and of course building an index using the elements i i mentioned 
Right. So basically, you're saying that the free float is very important in terms of how many, uh, how many, uh, what percentage of or what proportion of the shares of a company is held by the non-promoters. Then secondly, you pointed to the the liquidity uh, factor and the volume of trading, and taking these into account, whichever uh, are the companies which have a large free float. Uh, and uh, are high in trading volumes, I think they would get a, a greater weightage in the construction of whatever index is being constructed. So when something like Nifty Next 50 or Nifty 500 or Nifty Alpha, there are like so many indices, they don't seem to be like particularly oriented towards any particular sector. So how do they sort of differentiate themselves in terms of inclusion, exclusion, so on? Yeah, so, well, in, t- in terms of inclusion, I mean, See, supposing you take the, the Nifty 50, you're talking about the 50 most important stocks in, in, the, in the perception of those who are constructing the index in terms of representing the overall state of performance of the market. The next 50 would be the next set of 50 shares, which you think actually are important from the point of view of giving you a picture of how the market is performing. The Nifty Alpha is, is, is a different kind of benchmark. It basically, the Alpha is a value which tells you how far a particular stock outperforms the market. So let's say if it is two, it's, it's doubly outperforming how the market on average is doing. So you put together a set of stocks, which are Alpha stocks, which are actually outperforming. And you're really trying to say that, okay, as a, as a fund manager, as an investor or something, you want to sort of give yourself some kind of a, a benchmark of how how you performed relative to the best in the market or, or whatever you want to call them, the most, uh, the, the elite shares in the market or whatever you want to describe them as, that gives you a sort of index. But that's not an index of how the market per se is performing. It really is either to ask the question, how is the, how is the market on average performing relative to the best performing stocks or a bunch of best performing stocks? And how, it, how is a particular portfolio of a fund manager or of, of an individual investor performing relative to these? So the intention here is very different from a, a regular index, you know, or, or even, a, you know, say you can have a, you can have the, you know, you can have the top 100 firms. You can have, you can have a Sensex 30, you can have a Sensex 100, Sensex 100, Sensex 500. The intention there is to expand the volume of stocks to try and capture how the market is behaving. Whereas here, you're actually picking stocks in the alpha case to identify some kind of a best performing benchmark against which you want to compare the average market performance and and the performance of particular portfolios. Right. So so you, you've explained in great detail, you know, how these indices uh, work. But in terms of what is their use, is it basically to help investors and mutual fund managers to sort of help them to decide where to put their money and so on? Is it like an aid to investors? Well, I, I suppose the, the, uh, the base index, the benchmark index, tells you how's the market doing in terms of uh, price movements over time. Okay, that is uh, what kind of returns are you getting on average from this market? Okay, if you have some special indices, so supposing you say that, listen, I have a focus on IT stocks and there's an IT stock-based index, then you're trying to say that, okay, if I focused on IT stocks, am I doing better than the benchmark or am I not? If you if you have an alpha index, it tells you what are the best performing stocks doing. So it basically these allow you to assess the return that you get in different scenarios when you're taking the average or, or broadly the average. Well, let's say the, not the average, but the the representative set of stocks. Or when you take stocks which have performed the best, you can have uh, you can have low volatility stocks. You might be a long term in- investor. I mean indices. You might be a long term investor 
who doesn't want very high volatility in prices you know you know because you're not there for the short run trying to make quick returns i mean you're not a day trader or a, or a week trader or whatever it may be uh, so in which case you're basically saying that listen i supposing i choose a set of stocks which are not volatile in the short term but i i buy them and hold them which is the kind of investor i want to be uh, if i look at the low volatility a, a set of low volatility stocks and the index which represents them how would i perform relative to how the market is performing or the alpha index is performing etc so uh, yeah that's it basically tells you uh, performance of a particular set of stocks which is of interest for specific investors or specific reasons and uh, the returns which the market seems to be delivering over some 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 period right now coming to the uh, adani uh, part of the whole conversation here so we we heard we have seen reports for instance that adani enterprises was removed uh, earlier of course from the dow jones sustainability index uh, after the indenberg uh, report and then morgan stanley capital international another global index provider was going to reduce the weightage of adani stocks in uh, various indices now in this context and given all this is happening after the adani stock meltdown so where the group has collectively lost more than 110 billion dollars so how do we understand the inclusion at this point of time of certain adani stocks such as adani wilmar adani total gas and adani power in different uh, nifty indices which is going to happen actually from march 31st you know we have to distinguish between two things one is we have to distinguish between indices as representative of what the mark uh, of, of what a set of stocks in the market are reflecting okay and, and what they reflect would reflect certain features of the market as i've just explained the other is you can actually have a situation where indices constitute the basis either the the straightforward direct basis as in the case of index funds for example or a basis in certain terms of being some kind of a benchmark to determine the portfolio which investors use now if you take the first if you take the first and why is the adani issue become well, become an issue or why it is controversial etc is because of the fact that in a very short period of time we know that uh, the adani stocks have lost value quite remarkably you know in a very very short period of time now it's true then that when you are actually uh, trying to identify stocks because you know the, the these indices the stocks which enter into these indices are constantly revised because you know they have to take into account because this is these are markets which change quite significantly over a period of time so there must there's some rule rule which is uh, adopted by the the sort of uh, committee which uh, which is responsible for maintaining the index let us say and uh, that committee would would choose some time period let's say every 6 months or every 3 months or every one year whatever it may be i'm going to look back at the market and try to identify whether the set of stocks which i had put last time round when i undertook this assessment should be in the index still or if they are in the index should have the same weight because the weight is determined by the market capitalization of the free floating shares okay which is the relative importance in determining the overall trend in the index of individual stocks is determined by the weight and the weight is determined by that now if it so happens that let's say i think in this case it possibly was once in 6 months they were going to be looking at it or these committees i mean here they said they had a cut off of january 31st which is still after the january 24th date when hindenburg report came up yeah but the point is uh, it 
it you know if you take let's say if you take a one month from the date after the report came out the decline in value was much larger than the decline in value in the first phase of course there was a significant decline in value immediately as well so the question becomes that you know would this index remain representative given this unusual situation and in index preparation uh, rules or index maintenance rules there normally is some clause which says that under special circumstances the the sort of the principles that you follow the rule book that you follow would need to be adjusted to take into account these special circumstances okay and i believe that this is true of the nifty as well now if that be the case then what you're saying is that if between january 1st and whenever these people decided to go into this such that the new sort of weights weights and new shares included or excluded uh, come into operation in, as far as the index computation is concerned from say march uh, march end or or, or or whatever then you basically would say that is no something has happened since you since you know after the time period which are, which are normally choose to determine the shift the next shift and therefore are there special circumstances which are to have to be taken into account because if you don't take them into account the role which these indices are supposed to play whatever be the role depending on the index that that role it will not play that role in full because of these unusual circumstances so the first thing is possibly there was a reason to look carefully at inclusion of these shares based on what happened to their values in the period after the the time period you use to actually decide on what should be the set of shares which should be included or excluded because it is also true that it not only that these these shares saw a significant decline in value after the indenberg report it is also true that they had seen a significant increase in value in the months before so that you know so so actually they you know you you you've had a situation where possibly in our at least in practice because you're talking about price earnings ratios which are much higher from for many of the adani firms than the others you're possibly talking about these shares having been inflated in terms of values so that uh, you know that if if you take that into account you're including in set of shares which actually already come from very unusual circumstances but then that might be because of performance or whatever and your your role as a maintenance committee might not be to examine all of that but if it is followed by this kind of of a of a sharp fall then obviously it calls for some degree of caution on on taking that in, you know into account of taking these special circumstances in account into account because the index would not actually represent i presume what it's supposed to represent in the eyes of uh, of investors fund managers uh, those assessing what's happening in the stock market generally for for other reasons the finance ministry whoever it may be the second of course is that these indices are used by the so called passive funds these are funds uh, which uh, these are funds which basically all these index funds yeah so these the you know, so you can have you can have uh, passive investors and active investors passive investors would basically say that listen i want to try and stick with a set of shares for a significant period of time such that i get a rate of return which corresponds to something so supposing i just i just want my portfolio to perform as good as the market is performing then i can have an index fund which is linked to the index in which the proportions in which i buy stocks or let's say the stocks i buy in the proportion in which i would buy them would be completely based on the role of those stocks within that index both in terms of which stocks are there and the proportions in which they are there okay and i'm saying i'm choosing choosing this because i want to get what this 
this index is supposed to reflect, which is the average return you can get from this market. I don't want to, you know, keep trading on a regular basis and try and get, uh, you know, very quick high returns possibly on the basis of the volatility of Indian individual stocks. So I keep shifting my portfolio depending upon upon you know what's happening to individual prices. Also, CP one one aspect here which which some uh, wealth managing experts have pointed out, I think, which is quite uh, significant for our viewership, might be that generally uh, those who are closer to retirement age or you know or, or have retired, they want a, a sort of a safer kind of an investment, you know. And if they go for this passive or index fund based investment uh, funds, then they you take the the fund manager's competency and skill out of the equation you know so that risk is reduced and you your index funds are supposed to basically be the core whereas the actively managed funds are the periphery of your entire portfolio in that sense index funds are actually supposed to be safer uh, than an actively managed fund and therefore uh, it's of i think much greater value for certain kinds of investors especially those who are older near retirement age and so on absolutely but yeah that that of course but it also is in it, it is true that any low risk investor because after all if you if you if you you know you you always have even banks and so on trying to sell you shares categorizing you as a moderate risk person or a low risk person or a high risk person so any anybody who actually wants low risk and therefore is not going to actually try and bet on particular stocks going up or particular stocks coming down etc would prefer to say that listen if i'm going into move, move into the market let me try and move into something which will promise me I'm, and I'm planning to hold for the long run because the understanding is unless you're exiting the market at a point of time when the market is completely down, which could happen if you made a mistake uh, and you are under pressure to sell when the market is completely down. But otherwise, the understanding is that if you stay in a market for the long run, you get a return which is reasonable, which is good, is the understanding. It's not necessarily always true. So therefore, low-risk investors would prefer to do that. They, they're not going to be going in for this high-risk trading. And uh, of course, retired people or those during retirement would be people who, given the fact that you know they've gone through much of their years of savings, would like to protect their savings. And to the extent that they'd like to diversify away from fixed deposits to shares and so on, would possibly choose index funds. And uh, that's normally recommended by a lot of people for these kinds of investors. You're right. You know, so that's that was one reason why the inclusion of of these shares uh, became an an, an, an issue, uh, both from the point of view of it not in the index not representing fully what it's supposed to represent, and two, that because there are index funds etc., you can actually have portfolios which get determined by what the index maintenance committee has decided, but which actually is not what what it is, and therefore you'll have to partly move those those funds away from being passive funds to active funds where you say that obviously as you say that fund managers would become more significant and you know you you possibly have that kind of risk associated with it also the other thing of course is that there was a suspicion and uh, this is this is important there was a suspicion which of course the adanis have denied that the the represented proportion of free floating shares were actually not correct because related companies or related parties acting on behalf of the promoters by holding shares. So which basically means that uh, the shares which are available normally for trading because they were not promoter shares would be less than what was emerging out of the sort of uh, listing of shares where there were certain entities, uh, whether investment firms or whatever it may be, uh, which uh, claimed to be independent of the promoters, but which uh, Hindenburg and uh, some others, even MSCI, I, I think, uh, 
basically said that, listen, we feel that uh, there's uh, uh, not a proper representation of the proportion of free float shares. So we need to make adjustments to the weightage we give to these these shares. And um, they first did it for four. I think they subsequently uh, revised it down for two. But anyway, there was a whole debate on whether the free float proportion, which is very important in determining whether this this is actually a kind of share which is not going to be too volatile and influence in uh, influence the index is taken into account. So, uh, if the free float is very small, then even a small entry by an investor into those shares can make a significant have a significant price impact, which basically would mean that the price impact factor can be very high, or a small sale can make a big impact. And therefore, you need to take into account the free float shares when you're including it into an index in order to you know, allow for the possibility that, you know, you shouldn't give too much excess weight to the kind of volatility which comes from a lower free float. And therefore, if there is some conscious or otherwise misrepresentation of the share of free float, then uh, that has to be taken into account and which is what the MSCI, for example, said it was doing. Right. So it has, but but none of the nifty indices, I think, uh, so far as I am aware from newspaper reports, seem to have done any kind of adjustments uh, with regard to free float weightages for Adani stocks, right? I mean, there hasn't been any such... Well, not that, not that I've read of, yes, no. Yeah, but however, uh, earlier this week on March 6th, actually, the NSC also removed four Adani group stocks, Adani Enterprises, Adani Green Energy, Adani Transmission and Adani Total Gas from the Nifty Alpha 50 Index, while Adani Ports and Special Economic Zone will be removed from the Nifty 100 Alpha 30 index. Now, I was just wondering, uh, is this consistent with the parallel decision to include other Adani stocks in other Nifty indices? You know, I was also wondering what you were saying earlier about what an alpha uh, index is. And is this a decision to remove the group stocks, is it more to do with the fact that, of course, their performance has uh, plummeted in the recent uh, weeks and therefore alpha being a set of stocks uh, or an index of outperforming stocks maybe they were there is clearly a case to do this and it's got nothing to do with the other more fundamental issues with regard to the allegations to do with uh, actual free float percentages and you know how much are the promoters holding and those kinds of issues yeah you see the point is you know um, we I mean, we have to give, give giving giving those who uh, the, the 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 committee which is maintaining these indices uh, or the committees maintaining these indices the benefit of doubt. Supposing there's a time period, let's say a time period which ended December thirty first, let's say a six month time period, on the basis of which you're deciding, you know, with, whether you need to make a revision to the set of indices included and the weights associated, I and mean, it's a set of stocks included and the weights associated with those stocks. Now, it could happen that much of the appreciation of these Adani stocks, the ones you mentioned, which got removed out of the Alpha Index, occurred prior to or, you know, sort of spilled over into the early phase of that period. And after that, they were sort of hovering around some peak level that they had reached till the, the Hindenburg hit happened. Okay. Now, if that be the case, it is completely possible that another set of stocks, which saw increases during this period, for that period, got 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 themselves an alpha value which is higher than these stocks so the reason they must they might have been removed is because of the fact that just following the principles adopted to choose these stocks there were another set of stocks which are doing better and needed to be included compared compared to these not because these hadn't done well in the past because we knew that they we, we know that they, they had appreciated significantly but be, because the appreciation might have occurred 
prior to the period in which all of this happened. So that during that period, the alpha value was lower than some other set of stocks which had a higher alpha value. Now that could be um, that could be one reason why this has happened. That that you know it has got excluded from some and it got included from the other. The other could be, as you suggested, I, I must confess I am not at the know of this at all. That I mean the committees are different. So one committee decided to take into account what was happening as far as the Adani stocks were concerned after that time period, and therefore decided that listen, based on that, based on the special circumstances, they wanted to remove it. Or the third thing might be that the time periods which apply to these choices for these different indices uh, are different. I need to check on that, but uh, these are some of the possibilities. But it is true there is a possibility that one committee, if these committees are different, one committee actually decided that I'm going to take these special, um, we are going to take these special circumstances into account, whereas uh, the others did not. Right. We are running out of time, CP. So one final question uh, on this uh, before we uh, wrap up. So how important is it for any company to be a part of or not be a part of uh, these indices? I mean, does it is it like a prestige thing or is it also something which has a bearing on its ability to raise equity or raise debt capital? And therefore, it's very important for those companies to be included. And if they are removed, it's like a not a great thing. Well, you know, at the point of time when they, when the index is, you know, they're included in the index and the index is representing something, per se that they, you know, this is a lot of it is secondary market trading, so they don't get anything out of it. But if you're part of that index, which means you're considered to be a high market capitalization and a liquid stock, then obviously if you go in for an IPO, you know, if you go in for a follow-on IPO, we're going to issue more shares, obviously you would be a preferred equity because you, would, you, would, you have prestige, you have... Uh, the image of being a stock which is an important player in the market and in terms of market capitalization, which possibly has increased considerably over a period of time, given the fact that the index has increased considerably over a period of time. And of course, it, it, it shows that you're a liquid stock. I mean, if I'm an investor trying to trade on a routine basis, not really holding on for the very long run, then I'd like a liquid market. I'd like to be able to sell and, and buy when, whenever I can. So yeah, it would, it would make a difference in, in that case. So I mean, it, there is there are benefits associated with being put into this index, right? And one one more final question, uh, which is to do with uh, you know the concerns of uh, personal investors, individual investors who have invested in these funds, which track uh, indices, these index funds. So some wealth managers have been, according to newspaper reports advising their clients to sort of minimize their exposure to those indices which have a bigger exposure to Adani stocks. So uh, what is what are your thoughts on this? I mean, is it like a, kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction to this or is it something which is a smart thing to do? Well, I know if, if you if you actually say that the reason you're holding an index fund is because you want to you want to stick with the average, then obviously there is a problem in sticking with an index fund which actually doesn't represent the average. On the other hand, it's, it's what you need to also look into is if the proportion which finally these stocks hold after the revision, because obviously, you know, that matters. If the proportion is, is still significant and you know that the price now is possibly going to go lower or is, has gone lower, then uh, maybe uh, using the the index as being something, I mean, you know, you, you don't want to underperform the market. You're, you're there. You're not trying to outperform the market, but you don't want to underperform the market. In which case, uh, but the problem is if you sell now, you're going to be selling a portfolio in which includes these stocks. 
and therefore you're going to make some losses and this is actually has to be an assessment you make on the basis of uh, what would be the losses you would take and um, what is your presumption that you would be able to recover these losses uh, in case you sort of just shift your portfolio away from an one determined by the index fund so it 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 it, it requires uh, your own investigation or the advice of your wealth advisors to decide whether you want to dump a set of uh, index funds now right there is no obvious answer here i mean i guess uh, individual investors have to uh, there has to be an application of mind either their own minds or the minds of their wealth advisors and thank you so much cp for demystifying and uncomplicating such a complex a phenomena the world of indices and uh, so on which are not really uh, always uh, clear to the average uh, investor those who are uh, putting their money in the stock market thank you so much for clarifying all these aspects to do with these recent developments thank you so much thank you for having me ashok in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.